All right, number two, let's get it going. So today, just want to start off by talking about uh, we're going to be covering All-Star Weekend, the Bellinger versus Carlos Correa stuff, and Astro Scandal, because that never stops. And we can talk about XFL Week 2 and my predictions for Week 3, and then we got some other stuff at the end. So should be a good episode. So, let's get it going. So, first off, All-Star Weekend Recap. I totally forgot in my first episode to make my predictions for the Rising Stars Challenge, but I probably would have gone, gone with the world side, and I think they did end up winning. Um, drawing a blank on who won the MVP, though. I'm not sure if it was Ja or Zion or who, but uh, props to the world for winning that one. So... Next up, we have the, what is it, skills competition. And my prediction for that was Spencer Dinwiddie, which was wrong. He was out in the first round. If you listen to my first episode, I really underrated the big men. I said they'd be out in the first round. I said they wouldn't get far. But they proved me wrong immensely. The two big men competing in the skills challenge made it all the way to the championship round with Bam Adebayo um, taking home the trophy. So, the problem I have with the skills competition is uh, the the weaving, what is it, the weaving dribble, I guess that's what you call it, uh, that's fine, that can stay. But the passing implement, it seems if if you make that on your first try, it seems like you're almost guaranteed the win, you know? So I'd like to see maybe another implement added next season. Um, you can keep the passing, but maybe just add in a little something else. I'm not really sure what they would add because they got, they got the running, they got the passing, they got the shooting, and the court's pretty crowded with all the obstacles set up. So I'm not sure what else they would do, but I think they need to either make the passing implement either easier or harder to get rid of the... What's the word? Get rid of the... the advantage that it gives the person if they make it first try. So just... Add in another implement next year. Overall, pretty entertaining to watch. Next up was the three-point contest. My prediction, if you watched episode one, was Buddy Heald. And I got that one correct. Uh, Walk off against the defending champ. Crazy stuff. He was down to his last shot. He had his money ball rack. He made four of his five, which is exactly what he needed to win by one. He did just that. So, he he beat Devin Booker in the playoffs in the championship. Uh, Davis Bertans was also in the championship, but he came up short. <clears throat> um, Booker, Devin Booker, underrated three-point shooter, if you ask me. I mean, I know that he won uh, the 2019 three-point contest, but, I mean, I, I understand not a lot of people are t- tuning into Suns games. You don't really get to watch him. And 
his percentages show that he's pretty good. I just didn't realize how good he was. The dew shot that they had at around, I think it was 29 and a half or 30 feet. That was nice to see. A little extra something in there. But they can keep that if Mountain Dew continues to sponsor the three-point contest, which I think they will. But in my opinion, they should just add another five seconds to the clock and have a half-court shot for five points. I think that'd be, I think that'd be fun. And then, the thing, the main topic of this, of All-Star Weekend, was the dunk contest. And we all know what happened here. My prediction, Derek Dunge Jr. was correct. So, Miami Heat cleaned up shop. They got, um... Bam Adebayo winning the skills challenge, and then they got Derrick Jones Jr. winning the uh, dunk contest. But did Derrick Jones Jr. win the dunk contest? That's the question. I mean, Aaron Gordon, probably one of the best dunkers, do I say ever, in the dunk contest? Yeah, I'd say I'd say he is. Um, I mean. For heaven's sake, he has the most he has the most 50s of all time. And I know it's a lot easier to get 50s now than it was in MJ Wilkins' time. But it doesn't take away anything from his skill because he's a madman on the court. He said he'd like to uh he'd like to maybe participate in the three-point contest next season. I'm not sure his percentage is at the three-point line, but if he wins that, it'd be a, kind of a big F you to all the guys that uh, gave him nines for his uh, dunk over five, uh, seven five tallest player in the NBA currently, Taco Fall. Which wasn't planned, by the way. Ta- Taco didn't know that he was going to have to get jumped over by Aaron. Uh, Aaron just pulled Taco from the crowd and said, hey, you and me. Dunking over you now, and he said, "Oh, let's let's get it on. Help you win this thing." And that he should have done, should have won, but he didn't. The you could see the look on Derek's face at the end after the judges gave out their scores. Uh, he knew he didn't deserve it. He didn't, and he knew that. At AG's press conference, he mentioned that this is going to be his last time in the dunk contest, and he believes that he deserves two trophies. Well, if it means anything to you, Aaron, you're you're a two-times people's champion. But, let's be honest, that means nothing. Um, As soon as the, the contest ended, the athletes were all over social media, Twitter and Instagram mainly, stating their opinion on the dunk cast. We got guys like Victor Oladipo from the Pacers, Joel Embiid from the Sixers, LeBron James, obviously. I mean, Patrick Mahomes chimed in a little bit. And, of course, every um, player on the Magic roster currently. Um, they Everyone was saying either give split the trophy give it to both of them because 
they both did amazing. Or give it to Aaron. So my next thing is they need to stop giving out tens like it's nothing. My example is Dwight Howard's second dunk. Um, there's no way that that was more impressive than Aaron's final dunk. Because, I mean, Dwight's nice was Dwight's second dunk was very nice. I like the Kobe tribute. I love that he brought back Superman. That was awesome to see. But what did he do? He 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 jumped from the from like four steps inside the paint and just threw it down. No, 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 no. That's no fifty. I'll tell you what is a fifty. Jumping over someone who's seven five. Uh, yeah. So then you start deducting for misses as well. Um, oh, you missed once. High as you can get is a nine. Oh, you missed twice. High as you can get an eight. Oh, you missed three times. High as you can get is a seven. So, so there's that. So, just this is not very sports related, even though it has to do with Dwayne Wade. I thought he did a good job behind the desk commentating, but wasn't the best judge. You guys know why. So that ends my rant on the dunk contest. So my Derek Jones Jr. pick did end up being correct, but Aaron deserved it, and we all know that. So, one of the All-Star games. One of the best I've ever seen. Probably the best I've ever seen. Last year's was awesome as well, and the year before that was awesome as well. I mean, thank you, CP3. For giving idea the silver to do this because oh my gosh, ever since uh, you said something to Adam Silver, uh, All Star Weekend hasn't been the same in the best way possible. So, LeBron James becomes the all time leader in All Star Game starts at 16. 16, that's awesome. In my predictions in the last episode, I said that Team LeBron was going to win, which I was correct. I was hoping. We'd get a more flashy ending than a free throw by Anthony Davis, but that's what happened. But I'll take the win. I didn't. I, f- I totally forgot to give a, to uh, make a prediction on the MVP, but I don't think I would have given it to Kawhi. I probably would have said AD or LeBron or something. So I don't want to take away anything from this All-Star game because it was probably the best I've ever seen. But I just have two things. Uh, that I want to mention about the All-Star game that could be fixed. So, they set the time of tip-off at um, 8 o'clock, right? And tip-off ended up being at 8.44. Now, don't get me wrong. The, the performances by... Uh, Jennifer Hudson and Common and all of them were, again, some of the best I've ever seen in All-Star Weekend. Jay Hud did an awesome Kobe uh, Remembrance song, and uh, Common, I thought he did well on his song and his uh, intros for all the players. So, just, if, it, if it's going to be at 8.45, if Tip's going to be at 8.45, say it's going to be at 8.45, I mean... 
personally, I like to watch the musical performances and the intros, uh, but for some people that, some pe- I know some people don't like to watch that, they just like to get right to the game, so just for future, if tip's going to be at a certain time, say the correct time. And the other thing also has to do with time. So it was almost midnight by the time that they announced the All-Star Game MVP. <clears throat> I mean, I understand that this uh, All-Star Game happened the following President's Day weekend. So a lot of people didn't have work the next day or school. So, um... So, people didn't really have to worry about uh, either sleeping in or getting up late, or getting up early, sorry. But, just, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say make the game quicker, but you could announce the MVP earlier, I guess, because it took like 30 minutes for them to do that. And, I hope I cast my vote, I give it to Kawhi, um, and he's going to end up winning. And I, like I said, I didn't even, I totally forgot. I, I didn't even make my prediction for the MVP. So, another thing. I don't want to take, again, I don't want to take away from this All-Star game. It was the best I've ever seen. These are just some things that I noticed. So, and that fourth quarter was, oh my God, entertaining, right? I mean, Kyle Lowry is taking charges like it was no one's business. He, <laughs> he's all bruised up right now, I'll tell you that. He, um, and, I mean, some of these guys out there, it seemed like that, that they played more defense than they will, than they do in the regular season. I'm not going to say any names, but some of these guys just seemed like that's what they did. Alright, that's the end of my All-Star Weekend Recap. And now we're on to the Astros scandal because this never stops, right? We got the whole tattoo thing. We got the whole Cody Bellinger versus Carlos Correa feud that's uh, sparked up. So here's a quote from Carlos Correa. I assume every also before I start, I assume everyone knows what the cheating scandal is. They bang the trash cans. You get the signs. Blah blah blah. Stealing signs, basically. That's all I need to know. So, Carlos Correa. Here's a quote from him. So when he's, so when he's running from third to home plate. This is uh, speaking of home, Jose Altuve when the, when he walked off against the Yankees. So when he's running from third to home plate, I'm the guy up front, the first one waiting for him. He's like, quote, "Don't take my shirt off." The second reason, he doesn't want me to talk about this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. He had an unfinished tattoo that honestly looked terrible. It was a bad tattoo, and he didn't want anyone to see it. He didn't want to show it at all. So, one, he didn't want to take his shirt off because his wife had told my wife earlier in the year not to do that. So he was telling me not to do it. And number two, he had an unfinished tattoo that looked kind of bad, and he didn't want people to see and people talk about it. That's the reason. Alright. I have four questions for you, Carlos Correa. One, why didn't he say that to the interviewer after the game? Because I'm not sure who the interviewer was, but the first question that he asked Jose was, why don't you take your shirt off? 
why why uh, why are you covering up your shirt? Why don't you want to take it off? And he and he uh, he just said, "Oh, my wife doesn't want me to do that." Okay, BS. Number two, why is Jose Atuve getting a tattoo in the middle of playoffs instead of training? I mean, you're an MLB athlete for gosh sakes. Shouldn't you be uh, focused on the next game you have against the New York Yankees um, and not getting a tattoo? Yeah. Okay. Number three. Why is this just coming out now? I mean, why why didn't any of the Astros players just say that Jose had a, a tattoo that was unfinished and didn't want anyone to see? I mean, if this came out when the uh, cheating scandal was first under investigation, people would have believed it. But now it just seems silly to come out of Carlos Correa's mouth that Jose Altuve had an unfinished tattoo that looked not good at all. And finally, number four, he mentions that he didn't want uh, his shirt taken off because his wife had told my wife early in the year not to do so. So did all the wives have a little meeting? Hey, guys, don't take Jose's shirt off. He, uh, I, I don't really want him to do that. Yeah, um, okay. So those are just my questions uh, I have regarding this tattoo situation. It's just... This needs to stop. They need to find out what has happened, what has truly happened, I should say, with this Esther scandal, and they need to give him proper punishment. Because finding a multi-billion dollar corporation, $5 million is not going to do anything. Uh, Another thing is, uh, Manfred doesn't know if buzzers were used and says that Astros player won't be tolerated, or throwing at Astros players won't be tolerated. All right, do you know what else shouldn't be tolerated, Manfred? Uh, someone stealing an MVP from Aaron Judge. Do you know what else shouldn't be tolerated, Rob Manfred? Stealing a title from a much-deserved team. So, I'll read you the altercation between Cody Bellinger and Carlos Correa. So. Bellinger says these guys were cheating for three years. Altuve stole an MVP from Aaron Judge in 2017. Everyone knew they stole the ring from us. And Bellinger stole the Dodgers, obviously. So he said the Astros stole the ring from the Los Angeles Dodgers. So here's three separate quotes from Carlos Correa. These aren't in order, so uh, sorry if you get a little mixed up. Uh, this is all from... I'll say when one quote start, one ends. So, this is all from Correa. Bellinger either doesn't know how to read, or is just not informed at all. If you don't know the facts, then you've got to shut the... I won't say it. F-U-C-K up. Here's the next quote. He added that the deciding Game 7, won 5-1 to one by the Astros, took place at Dodger Stadium. There was no trash can on the road, no cheating on the road. If you watched, or if you listened to my first podcast, you know that they did cheat on the road. And that reports came out that how they cheated on the road. They 
They used the replay room, relayed signals to the second baseman who relayed them to the um, to the batter. So even if there wasn't a trash can, they still cheated. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't have one way of cheating. They had probably millions that we don't know of. And then the last one, uh, Bellinger said that they had lost all respect for us, but that's not how life works. We all make mistakes, and because you make a mistake, people are not going to lose respect for you. Um, cheating in the highest level of baseball, uh, this astronomically, is not a mistake. A mistake is, oh, I hit you with a pitch. That's my bad. And I just I just can't even put into words how like unprofessional the Astros are being about this whole thing. And we have no remarks from Bellinger yet. I, I think he's just best to keep his mouth shut because he's being the bigger person right now and I respect the hell out of him for that. So bets are being placed on the Astros hit by pitch total. The over under is 83 right now. So, do you think that the Astros are going to have more than 83 pitches hit by pitches next year or less? I'm I don't know. I'm going to take the under only because players know that um they'll they'll get thrown out of the game. And I know that, um, what is it? I know it didn't affect, uh, certain teams like the Orioles, like the Nationals. It didn't affect them in any way. Well, actually in the regular season, it might've, I don't know. I guess I'll take the over because I know every Dodgers and Yankees pitcher is going to want to throw at them. Whew, sorry about that. Next up, we have XFL second week in review. I'll just read off some of our top performers from this week. Carter Jones makes appearance once again with 276 yards, two touchdowns, and has helped the DC defenders move to undefeated 2-0. Uh, Houston's PJ Walker had 197 all-purpose yards. And three touchdowns. So, um, one more thing I'm interested about for the XFL is if they're going to do, like, an official award ceremony. So, if they get an MVP or something. MVP, obviously, they can't do Rookie of the Year. So, if they do MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Coach, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I kind of hope they do. And if they do, I'll be sure to make, I'll be sure to implement that into a podcast uh, later on this year. Uh, we have Cameron Artis Payne, ex-Panthers running back from the Renegades. He rushed for 99 yards, had 32 receiving yards, and he had two touchdowns. Also from Houston, we have Cam Phillips, Walker's teammate, caught 83 yards and three touchdowns. So I think we found P.J. Walker's favorite targets. And on the decent on the defensive side, we have Marcel Frazier with three tackles, two assists, and a pick six. So good for him. And then another defensive uh, 
stellar from Seattle again with Steven Johnson, who rocked up double-digit tackles this week. So, we have... I'll read you off the total touchdown leaders uh, headed into week three. So, we have uh, the D.C. defenders uh, atop at seven. Then we have P.J. Walker tied with the defenders at seven. And then we have everyone else has less than seven touchdowns. I think the Vipers only have one. Or maybe none. <laughs> I'm not sure. I have now, I'll read you guys my picks for week three of the XFL season. So, I'm going to take the Defenders over Los Angeles. I'm going to take the Houston Roughnecks over the Vipers. Uh, that one's pretty much a given, The uh, I'm going to take the Renegades over Seattle, and then I'm going to take the Guardians over the Battlehawks. Uh, those last two games, the Renegades and Dragons, and Guardians and Battlehawks, those probably could e- go either way. But I decided to go all the way teams. So, tune the next podcast to see how I do. And for week four uh, predictions. So, our only undefeated teams remaining are the Defenders and the Roughnecks. And those two are in separate conferences. So, Super Bowl preview. If you want to call it a Super Bowl championship game preview. (laughs) And one more thing about the XFL. I'm excited to see if any rivalries start. I understand that we're two weeks in and everyone's only hasn't even seen every opponent. So <clears throat> so we obviously can't uh, say if there's anything starting yet, but maybe if some players start talking a little smack, we'll get something going. We'll get um, maybe uh, more rough play, but I'm not encouraging it. I'm just... Um, uh, intrigued to see if any rivalries start, and that that could take that could take two seasons of this to see if any rivalries start, but we'll see. And finally, I just have some other small stuff to go over. So, Manchester City has been banned from the Champions League for two seasons for. Filing some code of conduct. I'm not sure what they did. Funny remark from uh, All-Star Game MVP Shane Bieber. Um, he says, now that's a proper punishment. And yeah, he's right. Suspended for uh, two seasons is a proper punishment. Sharif O'Neal, son of Shaq, is going to be transferring to LSU. So, And we also have... This just came out. A few minutes ago, uh, Greg Olson has signed a one-year, $7 million contract with the Seattle Seahawks, as if they didn't need any more mediocre tight ends, right? Darius Slay could find a new home soon. Hopefully, I have some more info on that once I make my next episode. Uh, Freddie Freeman was interviewed today, and he says... He has two bold predictions. He says Atlanta is going to be in the World Series this year. And 
he's got an MVP pick, and that's his teammate, Ronald Acuna. So, uh, stay tuned for my personal MLB standings, predictions, and awards predictions. That may be in the next episode, maybe episode four. We'll see. And finally, Francis Martez has been suspended for uh, PED use for 162 games. And guess guess what team he is? He's on. The Houston Astros. Cheating doesn't stop at sign stealing, I suppose. Alright, so this has been episode two. I hope you guys enjoyed. You can follow me on Instagram at coldE23. That's at C-O-L-T-E-2-3. This has been the Lunch Table Talk Podcast. Have a good day.